again. Welcome back to the Rooted Mystic Musings podcast. My name's Angel, and I am so glad you're here because I have a spectacular interview to share with you today. But before we begin, I just want to remind you that if you're digging these episodes, you can hop over to rootedmystic.com and join me for my coffee chat notes. Because if, like me, you're too woo for the normal folk and too normal for the woo folk, you'll fit right in with us. My coffee chat notes are where I share stories and bits of ordinary magic with the intent of helping you to remember and reconnect with your own inherent magic, all with a little side of sass, usually every Friday. The link is in the show notes to make it super simple to sign up. Okay, so here we are, and I'm hoping you've got your cuppa and you're ready to settle in. This is going to be good. Here we go. All right, we are back. And I know I always say this, you guys, but I'm so super excited because (laughs) Michelle Rohr is here today. And I don't know if she knows this, but she has been my mentor for years now. I have followed so much of what she's done. She's been so helpful for me in my life personally and in my business. And so I'm super psyched to introduce her to you today. Let me just read her bio real quick. I always forget to put my glasses on and then I'm like squinting. Okay. Michelle Rohr is a wife, mom of two, and lover of all things personal development. Everything started to change for her when she committed to taking 100% responsibility for her life, which I love. Now she runs a multi-six-figure business from her zone of genius and spends her day reveling in the experience of being able to do whatever the heck she wants to do. Yes. Which she finds is exactly what makes a woman unstoppable. Okay, we got to talk about that. (laughs) One of her favorite things is giving other women the space to discover that they can want what they want without apology. The magic, Michelle says, is you. And you know, I love that. I just got goosebumps. (laughs) Like, I'm all about that. So, Michelle, for anybody who's been living under a rock and doesn't know who you are, tell us a little bit more. Well, I have been in online business for a decade, but it really just started with me wanting to take responsibility for my life. And then it evolved into sharing that journey, which is now my business, the Secret Owl Society, which has become like this umbrella brand for all the things that I want to do. Because as I'm sure we'll talk about more, I don't try to fit myself into, oh, I'm an expert about this and I help this type of person. I believe in being the fullest expression of me, doing whatever I want to do, evolving, changing, burning things down, building things up, and just attracting who I attract and letting people come and go and not being concerned about who am I serving? It's just be me, attract who I attract. And so that just keeps me really grounded because it allows me to focus on what I can control, which is me and my personal growth and my journey. And so the the past decade has just been um, a lot of inner work first and then letting my business be a reflection of that instead of sacrificing myself, sacrificing my desires, sacrificing my my dreams in order to build a successful business. I really believe that building building a business should be an automatic byproduct of you being who you are. This is the part that, and I'll probably say this 15 times as we talk, but this is the part that like most draws me to you. In fact, I heard somebody, somebody that I really like and respect and follow. I heard, I heard them say the other day, something about, um, it was about building your list. And they were talking about having to know like the, the demographics and all of that of your people. And I was like, no, no, no. Michelle <laughs> do doesn't say that. <laughs> I thought of you and I was like, no, no, that's not how we do these things. Michelle says, and then like in my head, I'm thinking of all these, like, I, because I talk about that too, like wanting to live into the fullness of who I am and, you know, inviting. And like you said, I love that word reveling, like reveling in that and in my magic, you know, how I define Mm -hmm. that. And like, I love that you talk about being that first and then your business and whatever else in your life, in fact, Mm. comes from that. And then it feels like it would be more full is, is kind of a bland, boring word, but just that feeling of like actually living. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. When 
when women get into business, it's, it's almost sad because they're already, they've already given too much to the world. They've already given up so much. They've already sacrificed so much. They've already minimized and squished themselves into a box in order to be acceptable so much. And then to go into business where now you're piling on even more expectations, even more things to do, even more taking care of other people, serving other people. What are your pain points? What are your problems? It's, it's, it keeps disconnecting us from who we really are and our, our power because we're not, when we get into business, most of the time, women aren't starting from a place of power. They're starting from a place of who the hell am I? (laughs) Like when we are born and in childhood, we, we are the fullest expression of ourselves. We do whatever we want to do. We're not trying to please everybody else. We learn how to do all those things. We learn how to please other people, put ourselves last, take care of other people's needs and and, and not think about what we need. Those are things we learn as a way to cope and survive in how the world is designed. And then we drag those conditions into entrepreneurship and a lot of the messages in entrepreneurship, if we're not coming from a place of power and self-awareness, a lot of the messages that come with entrepreneurship exacerbate the problem of the fact that we've already suffered enough. Yeah. <laughs> and, and that's why there's this feeling among women in business where it's just more suffering, more sacrifice, more pain, more, I don't know what to do. I don't know what I'm doing. And yet the truth, if we give ourselves the space to come home to ourselves, we do know what to do. We do know what we want. We do know who we are. It's just buried under all of these things that we've had to be, had to program into our psyche to be able to exist in this patriarchal culture that we live in yeah do you know I remember um and I want to I do want to circle back for (laughs) the other stuff but I remember hearing you talk about this years ago like when you first started talking about this and I remember feeling like okay but how like because I have been in this game for, I'll be 45 in a couple of weeks. I've been in this game since I was like 15. I'm not kidding. I was into self-development from the time I was just a teenager. Needless to say, I didn't get many dates at the time, but um, (laughs) you know, and so like, I've heard this stuff, like I've been around the block. This is not my first roadie. I've heard this stuff for years. And still, when I would hear you talk about it, I was like, yes, like I could feel something in me expand. And I was like, yes, that. And but how, but how do I get there? So for somebody who's like, well, for somebody who's like that, somebody who's like, um, okay, I see you and I hear, oh, are we there? Okay, you're back. Okay. back. (laughs) For somebody who is like, I see you and I hear what you're saying, but I don't know how to get from here to there. What would you Mm -hmm. say to somebody like that? Mm -hmm. The first thing I would say is let's stop saying, I don't know. Yeah. Because things. Yeah, that Uh-oh. is again, are you still here? Okay, you're here. Okay, that is a form of protecting ourselves from the fact that we do know. Because if we did, if we actually look at the truth, that's scarier than say than just being in this in this world of I don't know. I don't know is our comfort safety blanket. It's our little cuddle buddy where it's like, I don't have to look at the truth. I don't know. (laughs) Yeah. And so the step people can take initially is just saying, I do know I'm just afraid. And then allowing for that to come in. Because when it comes to the how, all I can do is talk about what it generally looks like, 
because the reality is you are the only one who knows you. And part of the problem is we give that power away to other people. It's like, no, you need to tell me what I need to do because I don't know, you know, but that's exactly the problem. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Giving other people this power instead of coming here and saying, I have the power. No one knows me more than I do. I know. And even if you don't know up here, you can just, you can at least be like, I know somewhere in here, somewhere inside of me, even if I can't put it into words, even if it's not mentally clear, I know, I know what my truth is. I know what's next for me. I know who I am. Like we, we know, like just holding on to that, that is going to lead you to the next step and the next step. But as long as you're going like this, like, no, no, who's, where's the expert? Who's going to, who's going to fix me? Like that just keeps you in this world of, I don't know. Yeah. That same pattern. Yeah. So the first step is saying, I do know, stop looking to other people to give you the how, but if I was to say like, okay, how, and I would be talking in general words, because once you get down to specifics, it's going to look different for everybody. But how, if I were to summarize it, it looks like really difficult decisions. It looks like really hard conversations. It looks like no longer doing something that you've been doing a long time. It looks like starting something that you never thought you could do. It looks like facing a fear, even though it doesn't relate to anything in your business. It's just something you're afraid of. It looks like you saying yes to desire. And so what that means for someone in specific terms, it's up to them to figure that out. So let's come up with, let's come up with an example. Like maybe there's a, there's a woman who all her life, she took care of her family. All her life, she sacrificed herself for everyone else and never thought that she could really do what she wanted to do. She didn't even consider what she wanted. She just thought, this is what I want. I want to take care of my family all the time. I want them to have a wonderful life. And let's say it's not even her kids and her husband. Let's just say it's her her siblings and her parents. She just feels like I'm here to take care of you guys. I'm here to be a great, great sibling, a great. And then realizing that, wait a minute, I'm working so hard to take care of everybody because I want everyone else's life to get better, but no one's life is getting better. And then the truth that would be so hard to face in that moment is I need to live my own life and let other people work their own crap out. Even if, even if they have to suffer, even if it gets ugly, even if, and I ended up telling my own story here. <laughs> that wasn't intentional. <laughs> but I, my, the, the truth that I had to face was I was postponing my desires, postponing my life because my coping mechanism, my pattern was everyone else needs to be okay before I can go live my life. That was the script that I was running on. So the truth that I didn't want to face was I can't make sure everyone else is okay. I can't protect everyone from suffering. I have to just go live my own life Mm -hmm. and I have to let other people suffer. And that's hard. That's hard for us, for people like us, especially I think when we've grown up taking care of and and being the the caretaker and the responsible party and and all of this. Kyle's actually been talking about this a good bit lately. I don't know if you've seen, but um, yeah, I totally get that. I totally get that. And it's so hard to, I know for me um, with one of my family members, it was okay. My brother, and I hope he doesn't watch this because I don't want want 
him to feel yucky. But when we were really little, like I felt like I had to take care of him and protect him from our bio mother. And so it was always this thing of like, that came first. And, you know, I wanted to make sure that he ate and I wanted to make sure that he was okay. And that he was, you know, because he would get really rambunctious and stuff and that would make her mad. And, you know, so it was just like, Mm-hmm. focus on so him. this becomes a part of your identity like exactly I have, to, I have to keep the peace exactly being the peacekeeper peacekeeper and even up to now wanting to make sure that he's okay and wanting you know and that has spread out into other people like wanting to take care of other people even at potentially at my own expense yeah whether financial or otherwise so yeah I totally hear you and I get how you know I think people sometimes when they think of self-development they think that it's all like airy fairy and it's you know people don't live in the here and now and it's like well wait a minute like if we're talking about real self-development that shit is hard because you have to face your traumas your fears the things that you think make you who you are and Mm -hmm. that's scary like that's hard that's heavy stuff yeah so and unless we face those things it'll feel like in business you're just going around in circles at the same level and wondering yeah. why is it that I'm working so hard and nothing, nothing is happening. Mm-hmm. And I believe that if you want your business to grow, you need to pay attention to where you are ignoring decisions in your life. And the, when you unravel those decisions, then your business automatically starts going up. So my biggest pattern up to that point was, uh, I, like I had this identity that I I'm not going to feel okay unless everyone else is okay. And so you can imagine that keeps me stuck yep. because making every making everyone else okay is outside of my control. It's not yeah. even my responsibility. And when I finally had that moment where I realized I can't protect them, they're going to suffer. I completely broke down yeah. and just was crying and crying yeah. and crying. But lo and behold, business started getting better. (laughs) Like it starts to impact other areas of your life because when you step into the truth, you step into your power and then you start being more powerful in other areas, including business. So you're able to make more powerful decisions. You're able to make more powerful moves and, you know, just be, you're able to show up in a way where it's not like, okay, you're showing up and being visible. It's you're showing up as the more powerful, magnetic, attractive version of you. So showing up like that for even five minutes is more attractive in terms of attracting Mm -hmm. people than showing up for a whole month and you're just trying to, you know, check the box. Like I, I did it. I showed up. Yeah. So that that attraction energy comes from this place of breaking, like breaking those. I think Kyle Siege has a quote where he says, they didn't break your heart. They, they just, I can't remember that. Broke your expectations. They broke your expectations so that now you can something. (laughs) where it's like something needed to die something needed to get broken something needed to fall apart in order for the real true version of you to step forward instead of just being locked up and being like oh just holding together this fake reality because the the truth is so painful yeah and so just learning how to continuously do that in big ways and small and I was talking about how uh, in another call, I was talking about how for me right now, what does that look like? Well, I'm still making huge decisions in life, still having difficult conversations, still, still doing that type of work where it's like looking at the inner child and sticking up for her. And then at the same time, seeing where the little instances pop up where it's not just okay I did this big thing and now I'm just going about life it's no we have to clean up I like what Tanya Lee says clean up the energy and so when 
you make a big decision, you start to see the incongruencies across all the little areas of your life. That makes sense. And so this is where the day-to-day work comes in because that big decision to go from, I used to think this and now I believe this, that can take place in an instant, but the day-to-dayness of it, you're practicing being this person and you're noticing what you're doing that is no longer in alignment with this new identity. And so one of the examples I was giving was, I started noticing things I was making do with, things I was um, putting up with. And before I hadn't really noticed it and I had let it go on for years, but now because I'm raising my standards and, and making harder decisions, I'm also able to, to just feel like I can't put up with this anymore. I can't be this person who just acts like this is okay. And so the examples are, we were all sick last week with a cold and we're all blowing our noses in toilet paper. And it made me realize, why haven't I bought handkerchiefs? Why, ha- why don't we have tissues for blowing our noses? And why is the only handkerchief that I have, one that my grandfather gave me 10 years ago? Like what's going on here? And then noticing I needed to iron my shirts and we were going on a trip and I had to iron them on my bed because I don't have an ironing board and realizing why don't I have an ironing board? Why am I putting up with ironing my clothes on my bed and my back is hurting because Mm -hmm. this is uncomfortable? And there's all these little, little um, examples where I realized that I am, I, I, this is the residue of an old script, but now I can see it was a script that I did not choose. It was just handed on to me. Oh, you make do. We don't have enough money. Just make do. You can make it work. And also underneath that, I have a script where it's just like, Michelle just works to make everybody better. There, we don't look at better solutions or systems or, or options. Oh. The solution is Michelle just works harder. Yeah, Like that's a script from childhood. Because in childhood, I would have times where I'd be like looking at decisions that other people were making and being knowing this is stupid. This doesn't work. I have a better idea. And yet, having to keep that to myself because it wasn't safe to speak up. Mm -hmm. And so now in adulthood, dragging that into adulthood where it's not, where I'm doing it to myself. And now it's like, no, now I'm speaking up. Even if it's to myself saying out loud, this is stupid by the damn ironing (laughs) board. (laughs) And instantly taking out the phone and buying exactly what I need. And that, that is the inner work right now. That's just one example of a hundred I could give you of what it looks like to do the inner work. But that's what it, that's what I mean of why this is not a step-by-step how to it's a tapping into what are your scripts that you have adopted that aren't yours. You didn't come up with those scripts they were given to you and you took ownership of them without realizing it because you had to take ownership of them in order to be safe because it wasn't safe to live by your own script. But now you're an adult. What are those scripts? And, and then looking at what is uniquely yours to do in terms of getting rid of the, the residue of those scripts, because for me, buying something I need right when I need it that's healing for me in this season. Someone else, that's the opposite of what it means for right. them to heal. Yeah, exactly. So it's that's why way. it's, yeah, we have to really tap into, I know, and I have the answers and I'll figure out what's best for me in my season of life. Yeah. What I think is so interesting is that you went from, because this isn't the first time that you've not had tissues, right? But then you suddenly realized we need them and we don't have them. So what I find so interesting is we go for however long we go. And that's also very individual without recognizing and seeing these things until suddenly we do. And then it becomes possible 
to start looking at them and cleaning them up and, and healing from that. So I'm curious, like, I know what has helped for me, but I don't think I know what's helped for you. Like, how did you go from not being aware of these things to being aware of them? Well, when we look at these big, so we all, if we just sit long enough and don't distract ourselves, we can all feel where our major pain points are. We can all feel the heaviness of decisions that need to be made and we're not making them. We can all feel the pain of desires that are meant to be a part of our life and reality and we're keeping them in the back of our mind in fantasy like we we know like those things you can't say that you just don't know what what those things are you know (laughs) whether it's a relationship that needs to change or a house that needs to be sold and so you can travel abroad or a business that needs to burn down like you know what's causing you pain and the pain is a signal. And so if you get brave enough to actually make the decision, say yes to the desire, buy the plane ticket, shut down the business or the program or whatever it is, evolve something, then that is going to create radical awareness across everything else. You're going to start having the clarity to see where like what you need to do, you will have the clarity to see all of the how on a day-to-day basis, as long as you keep paying attention and you don't just default back to your cuddle blanket. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I know that for me, that, um, were you on Kyle's um, magic 2022 in January? No. Okay. I just, I end up watching his YouTube videos. I never even log okay. in half the time to watch what I pay for. <laughs> <laughs> I was on that and I did sign up for the, or I, I committed to the 90 days of an hour of meditation every day for 90 days, whatever. I'm two days away. I'm almost done with it. Not that I'm going to stop because it's made such a difference, but I know that for me, I started realizing as I was doing that. And I was just like literally sitting and listening for an hour a day, just like, you know, I'll say for anybody who doesn't know me, if this is your first video, I'm not religious, but I am very spiritual. I do believe in something bigger than me, something more. Um, So I would sit and listen for that and my experience of that and for my own inner self. And I swear to all that's holy, like I am so much more self-aware now than I was three months ago. Like I have an example too. (laughs) It happened just this past or last week, I think it was, um, there was someone in my life, there is someone in my life who was um, uh, making um, assumptions about things that they wanted to have happen. And I was feeling very run over and taken advantage of. And, and yet I still felt like I couldn't speak up. I couldn't say anything. Can't rock the boat. Don't make anybody mad. You know, you got to make sure that they're okay. That whole thing. And I was just like, I just kept trying to go about my day and just, you know, I've got stuff to get done. I got to, I got to work. I got, you know, I have this to do and this to do and this to do. And then finally I was like, wait a minute, I can't focus for shit. I need to just stop. Why can I not focus? And I realized it was because that situation was weighing on me so heavy. And then I'm like, okay, we're going to sit and do some journaling. And I sat and did some writing and I was feeling internally, like Kyle talks about, and just like, where am I feeling this? I'm feeling it in my gut, in my heart. I feel this like weight, this clenching feeling. And I'm like, okay, what is that? And I realized it was because I was feeling pushed around and run over and like, nobody cares about my feelings. It's just me taking care of everybody else's feelings. And I'm like, okay, there's some victim stuff there. So, you know, (laughs) and I just kept digging into it until finally it was the same thing. I just burst out in tears. Like I'm just suddenly crying. And I'm like, what the hell, what's happening? but I knew, I knew what was happening. I was crying it out. And then after that was done, I went back to work and like, everything has been fine. Like the situation was not, I'm not carrying it around anymore. I dropped it right then and there. I saw the person the next day and everything was fine. And nothing was like, there was just that gunk was gone. Mm -hmm. And I was just completely blown away that something can happen like that so quickly Mm -hmm. it can heal so quickly when we're open to it Mm -hmm. I like that you call it gunk 
That's where it fe- that's what it feels like. It does. But we just normalize feeling like gunk. Exactly. We these we are born to feel amazing and brilliant and light. Yes. I like that um Marianne Williamson quote. Um I'm gonna completely butcher it. I'll have to put it in the show notes. The thing about um like who do we think we are? You're a child of God. You're meant mm-hmm. to feel brilliant, powerful, yeah. like that. I'm going to yeah. put that in the show notes. It's a really good one. But yeah, I think about if that. we know that, we'll be able to see, okay, where do I n- not feel that way and yes. why? And that's your to do list if you need Yes. One. <laughs> I'm going to make a quote from that. That's so good. <laughs> okay. <laughs> that's so good. See, this is what I mean. I could talk about this stuff all day long, every day. I, I want to also say that so much of being able to to see this, to see that and do this is, is, is loving yourself. Because if you don't practice loving yourself, you're not going to believe you deserve to feel good for sure. Yeah. Like feeling good is a result of knowing you deserve to feel good. So if someone doesn't believe they deserve that, then of course they're going to normalize feeling like crap all the time. Yeah because they don't believe they deserve better. Of course, they'll normalize people treating them like crap and living in in clutter and being um, run over and having people take advantage of them. Like we've all felt those things. The only reason we would stay there is because we don't believe we deserve better. Mm-hmm. So this work you've been doing on yourself, you had this inner knowing of I deserve better. That's why you're able to see that this is something that you needed to clean up instead of living with it for the rest of your life. Some people live with these, these aggressions for the rest of their life. Mm-hmm. And what's so funny though, is that one of my things for ever up until just recently, I think is that I didn't believe that I deserved, you know? not good enough. Like that was one of my things. You're not good enough. You don't deserve this, that, or the other thing. You don't deserve to feel loved. You don't deserve to be taken care of whatever. And that's, yeah, I think part of the growth for me specifically has been looking at that and proving it wrong, mm-hmm. <laughs> which yeah. I want to say for anybody watching, like for me, that felt impossible before this year. Like it, it literally, I've been looking at how do I, how do I heal this? And, and, but how, you know, the whole victim thing, I just kept staying stuck in that little, but how, and then suddenly, you know, I think really the listening and then being open to things like, um, Kyle C. So I talk about all the time and what Michelle teaches, I'm going to do a little plug here because the magic is you is (laughs) for real. Like this is a a life-changing magic making, um, program that she offers. And I'll link to that in the show notes as well. But, um, yeah, being around, being around people who understand that and can speak from not only from that place, but being able to watch you, you and Amy both, as you go through the process yourselves and see that, um, you know, because I think a lot of us are looking for our white nights, whether we can admit that consciously or not is a whole different thing, but I think we are. Mm-hmm. And so to be able to see someone, because you share your story pretty freely inside um, your your programs. And so to see where you started and to see where you are now, and then also to have had kind of a front row seat to at least part of that process is like, hell yes. Like if (laughs) Michelle can do it, maybe I can do it too. It's really, it's, it's bolstering. It's, Mm -hmm. you know, it feels like, okay, maybe this is possible. Mm -hmm. I think it's vital what you guys are doing. Yeah. And the magic is you is really a result of, of one of those decision instances where I just could clearly see, um, and I was talking about this yesterday, I was on a call with my sister, Mia, and she had, she was talking to me about something she had just gone through. Uh, it was an instance of racism and it was just, uh, the conversation just made me realize I just had this moment, like, why do people think they can treat another? Like, I just had this moment where I was like, basically, I was like, enough of this bullshit. Like, yeah. enough. Yeah. Enough. We deserve better. Why? Why would someone even think they can 
can, because I like it was a mirror for other other experiences where yes. it's like, what is going on? Of course, there's outside systemic things that happen. Yeah. But also it's like, what's happening here that makes someone think they can, like if, if you are fully in your power, other people sense that. Yes. You yes. won't have to deal with other people treating you a certain way. If they know, oh, I can't, I can't go there. She, she's not yeah. going to, because we get what we tolerate. Yes. A hundred percent. You know what? Oh, go ahead. (laughs) I've been saying since I was like 15 that, um, and I've got videos on this. Like I, I have never believed that laws are going to change people. Like, yes, we need better laws in place. Yes. We need better systems in place. Yes. We need more support, especially for, you know, BIPOC for, for, um, gay, uh, transgender, like all the people who are pushed down really for, for lack of a better phrase, absolutely hundred percent. And that's not going to change it all because we already have laws in place that haven't kept these, I'm sorry, but <laughs> backwoods, redneck, whatever people with all of these horrible beliefs from doing and saying and being in ways that continue to push people down. It hasn't stopped it. What we need is an internal change. We need a consciousness change for humanity on the whole. Mm-hmm. That's not going to happen from laws. I completely agree that we each need to, and I always, I always refer back to that Michael Jackson song, the man in the mirror, because like, we really do. We have to start with ourselves. We can't change other people. Mm-hmm. You know, trust me, I've tried. <laughs> I can, however, change myself. And I think you're right. I think that as we change mm-hmm. our, um, our energy changes, the way that we mm-hmm. carry ourselves changes, the way that we react to other people and behave and speak and what we will and won't tolerate, mm-hmm. it all changes. And that doesn't mean that, you know, somebody might not come at me or, or you or Mia or whomever, but it does mean that we're going to handle it completely differently. And they might back off because of that. Yeah. And it probably would last because I look at situations where I've tolerated um, tolerated things that like it didn't have to go on that long yes and when you when you look at that it's not just oh yeah I could have ended that sooner it's those were years of lifetime and I only have so many years on this earth yes so to not figure this out is to constantly look back and be like, wow, that was five years of my life doing something I didn't want to do for someone I didn't want to do it for. Yes. Oh. <laughs> Seriously. And so the magic is you, which is my group coaching program. I just wanted to help women t- take all of their power back because we're constantly c- trying to control things that we can't control which makes us less and less and less and less powerful. And when I realized that everything that we're looking for comes from tapping into the fact that we are already the magic. It's not out there. We are already the magic, but it's just, it's not something you can just, you know, wake up and be like, okay, I'm the magic. Right. It's a lot of cleaning, cleaning up to do of things you believe and trauma patterns you're carrying and, and even physical cleanup. You like a whole segment of the magic is you program is we spend a whole quarter of the year just decluttering. Like there's a physical element to this as well, because you have to be congruent everywhere you have to be congruent in all things and I was talking about this in the in I keep referring to the call we had yesterday I was talking to Angel (laughs) on a call we had yesterday um but I realized that I'm at a point where the magic is you has hundreds of wonderful members and I was thinking about okay why doesn't it have thousands of members because I know this is the best thing I've ever made I know this changes women's lives Mm -hmm. every time I have someone buy it they come to me and they just are like you changed my life everything's different now and so I know that to get to this point where like in business here we go back to the same thing we're talking about 
oh, business, why isn't it working? How come I'm not making enough sales? Da, 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 da. It's not about the business. It's not about the program. It's, I have to come back here. Like what is going on here that is not in alignment with holding space for thousands of more women in the magic is you. And when I ask myself that question, instead of what people typically do is like, what am I doing wrong? Is right. Like, what, can you look at my funnel? Like, of course. And I can give you a thousand things to tweak. And I would, I'm like, your sales page needs to be better. Your program needs to be better. Don't you believe that this is wonderful? Make it look like it's wonderful. Don't you want to? Like, that's yeah. like, I do believe in that. And that's what I do in my business. I'm always making things better. Always tweaking. Yeah. But that's because when I do the work to become in alignment and raise my identity up here, then my business is like, we got to keep up. And yeah. I just am not comfortable with being here personally and then being able to look at my business and see where it needs to start coming up. So it's like what people do is they're down here and their business is down here and they're just trying to, or their business is like somewhere, <laughs> like let's say it's equal and they're trying to get the business to go up, but they're not coming up here. Yes. And you got to come up here and then the business will automatically rise up because you will see, oh, this can be better and that would be better. And I'm going to hire someone to do this and I'm going to have someone. It's no longer a, a struggle. Like, oh my gosh, how do I do? You will just be, it'll just like be something you just can't help but do. Like yeah. you just want to do. It's a desire and you're just making everything look better and making videos and new branding and hiring people to help you. And like all of that just happens as a byproduct of you just raising your identity and letting go of what's no longer true about you. And so I'm looking at, okay, where do I feel the heaviness? Where do I feel the incongruency? Where do I feel the gunk Yes, <laughs> in life, in exactly. personal, personal stuff, in my home? And I'm, that's where my attention is going. That's where I'm cleaning things up because I know when I do that, boom, magic is you, it's going to grow. Yeah. But for me to not do this work on myself and to just be like, join the magic is you, buy my stuff, da, 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 da. that is so out, not in, a, not in integrity. That is so not that that's going to feel like trying to push a boulder up a mountain I was just thinking that I was just thinking that energy feels like Sisyphus pushing that damn rock up the hill yeah yeah because people can feel the energy absolutely yeah absolutely I want you to know that I did this in my office as part of that quarter of the magic is you because I was like I love, um, I have a program called cave day. I love feeling like enclosed and safe and cozy. And I was like, I want my office to feel like a freaking cave. <laughs> so I painted this a dark blue and I found the lights, hung the lights. Mm -hmm. And it's like, now it feels like a starry sky. So I can sit and like, look at this behind me. And yeah. I, I changed everything because of that program. And yeah. it like, I feel that every time I walk in here now, mm -hmm. every single day, yeah. I feel that. And I'm like marinating in it. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah. And that's also part of the magic is you philosophy is because if you're the magic, don't you deserve exactly. your office to be exactly what you want it to be? Yeah. So many people are just sitting down in offices and at desks that are just not what they want. Yeah. Just meh. Yeah. And it's like, if you're the magic, how would you treat yourself? Yes. What would your office look like? What would you eat for breakfast? How would you start your day if you are the magic? Not like if, like if someone really believes that they're the magic, they're not going to settle anymore. Yes. It's just not possible to settle anymore. And so that has an impact. It has an impact on what you're charging for your product. It has an impact on how you are communicating with people, how people treat you, how, what, like even where you live, like moving to the house where I have now, I had to step into my magic. I had to believe that I deserve what I want. Mm -hmm. Otherwise it wouldn't have been possible to move here because it was in the middle of the pandemic. 
we were living in a, a wonderful place, but because of the pandemic and because I had a kid and one ready to give birth at any time, I knew I needed a yard. And so we were looking for a house with a yard and it was just so crazy how difficult it was to find anything. Some of the places we walked into, I'm like, why in the world did the real estate agent show us this place? This is not fit for anyone to live here. And then uh, we finally found a place where it was like, oh, like it doesn't have a dishwasher. Am I really going to be washing dishes by hand every single day? Mm-hmm. Like. I grew up doing that. My time is worth more. I already know that. Like we can, like the cost of a dishwasher is not a problem. There was just nowhere to put a dishwasher right. in, in that kitchen. So that was incongruent, but I was like, oh, I'm going to give birth in any day and we need to find a place. And so we put in an offer or we put like, we, you know, whatever you do to just get the rent going. <laughs> like I have my husband handle that. I make the money. The husband does the logistics. Um, and the person renting the place said, she rejected our offer. She said she didn't believe that I could make enough money with a kid and another kid on the way in order to cover rent to live there. I did not and, know this. Yeah. And I had, when I found that out, I and I'm ready to give birth at any day. And we need to find a place. Otherwise, we're going to have to stay where we are and extend the lease. I just realized because what people typically do because of the scripts we've been given is to just make do. Yeah. Like, oh, it's not working out. This is a sign. I should just make do where we're at. This is fine. Everything's fine. There's no yard, but we'll figure it out. And your higher self doesn't make do. Your higher self expands and expects you to rise up she doesn't shrink down the vision to fit into your present reality she's like you need to step up (laughs) yes and so I told my husband call the real estate agent tell her we need to find a more expensive house because something told me we need to look at places where people who rent these places have money because they will be able to understand someone who makes money, someone who's an entrepreneur. They'll be able to look at my statements and know I make money and I'm good at what I do and not be freaked out because I don't have a job. Right, that was genius. (laughs) And so lo and behold, we ended up finding the perfect, perfect place. And um. Yeah, the guy that rented it to us, he was just like, what do you do? Because he saw my statements and was like, are you a wedding planner? Like, what? What is like, you couldn't figure out how I make the money. Um, so like, yeah, I do planners. <laughs> just whatever's easy. <laughs> um, and then the other thing I challenged myself was, even though I was about to give birth, um, I think it was, I, I gave birth we moved in and then I, I had this challenge for myself. I was like, what if I could make enough money with this launch that I'm doing for a, a product I'm an affiliate for? I challenged myself to make enough money to have the rent be paid just from extra money from this thing. I love that. And so I had given birth and then went straight into promoting something. And it wasn't like I was sacrificing sacrificing my motherhood and and going into launch mode. It was just, I was in my power. I did a little thing here, a little thing there, a little thing here, a little thing there. And yes, I had already had a community of people who trusted me. So that's a real element. Mm -hmm. Um, And we can all build that by being who we are and attracting people to who we are over time. And so I was able to sell enough of this program where the extra money coming in from people having signed up to that and their payment plans, like I'm paid based on their payment plans that covered rent for two years. Oh my God. <laughs> so not only <laughs> did that make enough, um, not only did we say yes, to, like I said yes to the house before that money was even there. 
And then because I had stepped into this expanded version of myself, I also believe that I'm expanded enough to handle creating additional income with a newborn, get this done and have the ability to not worry about rent for two years. Like that's what it means to keep stepping up, stepping up. The money is there. The default would have been like, the money's not there. We need to just stay, stay right. low right now. There's a pandemic. Right. But this is what I mean by the magic is you, that you are powerful. You're more powerful than the current reality. You're more powerful than the circumstances and what's in your bank account. And you have to believe in that in order to create the, 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 the evidence of that. If I waited until, oh, we can't move to a nicer place until we make more money, that's, that's a script everyone has. Yes, exactly. And there's nothing wrong with the script. Obviously it works, make more money than buy the thing. But, and this is why the magic is you is such a, a revolutionary program is we go in the complete opposite and show people it can still work because yeah. you're not making the money more powerful, powerful than you. Yes. You're more powerful than the money and that's what brings in the money. So I had to say yes to living in a, in a, in a better place, even without the extra money and in the middle of a pandemic. And then that is what helped me just have the energy to show up in a way that brought in more money so that I was in an even better position financially than I had been even just a month ago. Right. But traditional advice would have you believe like, no, you just got to brown bag that lunch. You got to eat beans and rice. You got to. Yeah, keep your cost low, budget every penny. And then if you save enough money, you can get something better for yourself. And I realized I need to flip this. And I'm not saying that someone listening to this should just run with my advice. There's a lot of inner work that goes behind yeah, sure. acting this way. Because if you're just buying things and thinking money's going to show up, no, at the same time, you're having an identity crisis. You are crying you are doing trauma work and inner work yeah. and your things are intense and things are hard and you're having hard conversations and things are falling apart and coming together and falling apart like there's so many things that are happening behind the scenes of these beautiful outward changes yeah and so if you're not if you're not going to commit to the self-awareness to go through that inner work of complete hell breaking loose on the inside then the out like this is what i mean the outside is just a reflection of the inside mm -hmm. you can't ignore what's going on in the inside in order to make something happen in the outside so every time i say yes to my life getting better on the outside and also saying yes to signing up for here we go <laughs> things are gonna get intense get that's what i tell yeah. my husband i say I tell my husband things are going to get intense. Like when I know that I'm going to do something to make something to make life better, I, I give him a heads up. Things are going to get intense. The energy is going to go up. Things are going to get intense. Yeah. We're going to, we're going like, we're signing up for this. And if we, two weeks later, we're going to be on the other side. Is he just good with kind of rolling with it now? Because he's seen over the years, how often you just like, you just do it. And I want to clarify too, real quick for anybody that's watching, like, um, it's, it's a both and, right? Like it's an inner and an outer. You, I have seen you doing both. Like I remember, I think it was this house when you moved in, you made the beautiful wallpaper and the new sofa and your, your bedroom, just the way, like you're doing all that outer stuff. But like you said, at the same time, mm -hmm. the very same time, like side by side, you're doing the hard inner work too. And the things yeah. that, you know, like you said, the hard conversations and changing things and yeah, it's really both. And so does he just, he just knows he's like, all right, here we go. I, I married a good one. <laughs> I married a good one. Um, and I also I'm, I'm, like, we're very clear on, we both need to be growing. We both need to be working on ourselves. Yeah. It's what happens a lot is the woman does all the work on herself and the guy is stuck in bachelor mindset yep. <laughs> like 
for, doesn't really act like he has a wife and kids. And, and there's a lot that men have to do to unpack things because misogyny is part of the culture. Yeah. Um, patriarchy just keeps them blinded to what women are really doing to give them the life they want. And all of these things that are unique to what men have to clean up. And, um, and, that, and then just the fact that women, because they're working on themselves more typically, if you're growing faster than your husband is, that becomes its own stress in and of itself. Yep. So we talk about that. I, we talk about, okay, you, we both need to be doing personal development. We both need to be healing our trauma. We both need to be working on our childhood crap. <laughs> because if we ever have a problem with each other, we know it's not the other person. It's the thing that's not healed. And you're just because you're not looking at this, instead think it's the other person. But just knowing what's really going on, um, this it has been hard because so much of the personal development space, it's not really attractive to men. Like there's nothing that really the only thing that I found was a program by Jonathan Bratford. And he, I, I first found it because I signed up for his, the, the course that he and his wife did on marriage. And it's literally about this. It's called Modern Marriage because so much of the way that we have been taught to coexist in a marriage is founded on 1950s paradigm. It's true. And the modern marriage is different. It operates differently. No one teaches us how. Yeah. We're just bringing these scripts that were passed from the 1950s where the wife does everything and the husband thinks you can just go to work, come home and call it a day. And the wife is suffering and sacrificing and obliterating her well-being in the meanwhile. And so they had their, Jason, or Jonathan and um, Sarah, they made this program together because they had gone through all of that, cleaning up all the patriarchy and the misogyny and the 1950s and all of that stuff. They cleaned all of that up in their marriage. And from that place, they created this program. And so my husband and I have been working through it. And Jonathan ended up making a course just for men. It's called Men's Work. And the reason he did this, from what I can tell, is because part of the strain in marriage is the woman is doing all the work on herself and the man is just not. Floating along, yeah. Yeah, and so Jonathan made this program called Men's Work specifically only for men. And that was, that was what stood out to me. So my husband's been taking that course and it has, I asked him on a scale of one to 10, how much have you been, like, what has this course been doing for you? How much have you been liking it? And he, he was to like a hundred, <laughs> like it's in, wow. incredible. And he didn't even want to do it at first because men's mindset is like, oh no, personal yes. development, hippie dippy, airy fairy, da 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 but they don't even know how much they need it. Yeah. <laughs> and so that has been a lot of work just to be able to be in this place where we're both, you know, we both completely agree that we both need to be doing the work. I love that. I don't yeah. see many people talking about that, but it's. Um... Because it's a hard conversation. It is. It is. It's a but hard, hard conversation. Impactful. Yeah. Yeah. It's one of those conversations where I like what Susan says. Woman would do Susan, the uh, creator of the program. She says, "Woman, they'll get into a hard conversation with their husband, and they'll feel the emotions come up, and then they'll be like, oh, I need to, I need to leave the room and calm down.'" And she's like, "No, you stay in that room. <laughs> you, you stay in that room. You say what you need to say. The tears come out." You're, you're, you know, you're letting him know exactly what you feel and how important this is to you. You don't leave and calm down and come back. 
That's the problem. They don't know that this is that important to you. Mm -hmm. And so my husband knows how important it is to me. (laughs) I love that though. I love that. And that's like, people don't talk either. I think about how, um, just how challenging relationships are in general and how much work. I remember my brother saying something or years ago about, you know, I had no idea it was this hard. And it's like, yeah, nobody told us that. Yeah. Nobody shows the real stuff. People, you know, they put on the mask and they smile in public and they pretend that everything's rainbows and butterflies. And, you know, maybe it is, but not all the time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I really love Jason. I'm a, I keep calling Jason, Jonathan and Susan, Sarah, Jonathan and Sarah. I love their, what they've created because it, for the first time I felt like here's a couple who is, who are telling the truth. Like, they, they are, they're not afraid to show how dark mm. and how on the brink things got for them. And from that place, they're able to really help people admit the truth to themselves instead of acting like it's all okay. We're just going to make it a little bit better. It's like, no, it's not okay. Nothing's okay. Right. We're all yeah. living off of this script from the fifties or older and it's hurting us. Yeah. And so, yeah, that's just another example where it's like, that's a life thing. That's something I had to work on in my life with my husband. And yes, that's going to impact my business because now I'm more in integrity with what I teach instead of being another person who's like, oh yeah, everything's great. Da, 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 right. da. Trying to separate it all out. And that's not real yeah. life. Yeah. I love that. Well, I know that we didn't actually talk about the bringing magic into day-to-day life. So we may have to do this again at some point, yeah. but um, I feel like the conversation went kind of where it wanted to go and where it was meant to go. And I love that. I love where we ended up. And I just thank you so much for taking the time and the energy and being here with us today and sharing everything that you did, because I think that, again, I what it's done for me just to be able to see you and witness you as like, you are a hero to me in a way, in a lot of ways. And I really, I do look up to you and to know that um, you're also very human. It's, it's encouraging and it gives me hope. Like this is for real. Like we, we really can do this. Look at Michelle. I have proof. You're my proof. (laughs) So thank you for being here and being our proof. (laughs) Well, thank you so much for having me. And I just want to say that having space within yourself for everything for the sadness for the happiness for the messiness for the the glory like having space for it all is what makes it all work and I just like I was telling Angel before we started this call she's like how are you and I'm like basically things are kind of a mess right now I was sick for a week And the higher self version of me would have gotten out and gone for a walk and enjoyed the morning. Mm -hmm. But the default version of me ended up in front of her computer trying to, trying to, um, what it is, blow out fires. And so I'm like in the, in between these energies of that old script, that old pattern where it's like, put yourself last and everyone first. And that the higher self version of me, which is, I can do what I want. I can take care of myself. I'll get to everything when I designate a time to do it and I'll be okay. The world is not going to burn down. So for me, it's like, there's still this push, this, there's still this tug of war between that pattern born of childhood trauma and the version of me that I know I was born to be, to live as. Yeah. And just being aware of that is everything. It's not about, oh, you need to be here where things are perfect and you no longer deal with um, your patterns and your trauma and your stuff like that. It's knowing that you have the power to be in this area and that it's a choice all the time. It's not a circumstance. It's not a, my ducks are all in a row and now I can be over here in the life that I want. It's just a decision. And what I'm learning how to do is making that decision to be in my magic, even when things are messy 
and people need help. And there's that feeling of put yourself last and take care of everyone else. My new work is, can I still be here? Can I still get up, go for a walk, eat a beautiful breakfast, take care of myself, drink my water, play with my kids, and then do the to-do list. (laughs) So if, if I was to say anything about everyday magic, how to bring magic, that would be it. I love that. And I love that even more because it's so real and so down to earth, just like you, like that's everything about you is that you, you are the, the typical Taurus to me. Oh, thank you. I don't know what that means, but thank you. Grounded and earthy and just like real, just like, uh, I'll have to look it up Taurus. Yeah. I love it. You are a Taurus, right? Your birthday's coming I, up. I never know what those symbols are. I haven't really educated myself yet, but I'm in May, May 1st. You are. Okay. Yeah. Cause I thought ours are really close. Mine's the seven. Okay. Yeah. All right. Now I have to look up what Taurus You're full is. on Taurus. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> <laughs> well, thanks again, Michelle. I look forward to seeing you next time on one of the magic is you calls or the planner girl insider calls, which links for those will be below. Thank you again. So, so much. I really do appreciate you. You've meant a lot for my life and I know that people really enjoy this. So, and for everyone watching, thank you for being here with us. And as always, until next time, take really good care of you, okay? Bye. Bye. All right, that's it for this episode. If you're into what you're hearing, please remember to like and subscribe, and maybe even share with a friend or two. It really does help to get the word out, and I appreciate it so much. Really, really. Okay, until next time, take good care of you.